Humans, 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 let's get to it. We have a lot to cover. Welcome to the Sydney Hollow Show. Humans, it's the first episode of November. The earliest you can hear this is Friday, November 3rd. I'm recording it on the evening of Thursday, November 2nd. Happy birthday to my mom. Humans, we had the Sydney Hollis Show Halloween cost, audio Halloween costume contest. And once again, it was a hit. It was a hit. If you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen. Episode 174. Can you believe we had two Roblos? Can we believe we had two Roblos? Congratulations to our winner, Brendan. An amazing costume. He is a mince blouse. <laughs> and you are number one. You are the reigning champ. But can you believe we had two Rob Lowe's? <laughs> it's still, it's, it's, I don't think I've even dealt with it yet. It's so surprising. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we, in, we are encouraged. We are encouraged or we are encouraging rather. We're encouraging Caitlin in Jersey City and Michael and Savannah to let us know how they individually came up with this costume idea. Because, I, like I said, it's not in the news. The Roblo NFC Championship hat moment is not in the news. I searched. It's not been like a thing. So who knows how it popped into both of their heads. It's just exciting. It's exciting. I mean, we're... Two synapses. Or synapses on two different humans across the country fired around the same way, around the same time here recently on the Sydney Hollis Show. I mean, that's interesting. I don't care who you are. Well, so humans, we have a lot to get covered. And I don't know how much time we have. I'm recording this... Uh, to quote Warren G, a tad bit late. <laughs> I'm recording this a tad bit late. It's a tad bit late. A tad bit late. It's a tad bit late. And I do think that's actually Nate Dogg's line in the song Regulator. Uh, but humans, I am recording this uh, episode a tad bit late. But hey, we're going to go as long as we can. So humans, <laughs> a lot's going on in the world. A lot's going on in the world. And we're at a time of transition. You know, turn, turn, turn. There is a season. And that transition is life after Halloween. Life after Halloween. How do we do it? How do we stay authentic to ourselves? You know, this is a time when some people will sway you. The corporations will sway you. How much, how dig, how deep can you dig to hold on to Thanksgiving? Because everyone that says there's a, a war on Christmas, sure, that's fine to say. Oh, there's a war on Christmas and, and blah, 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 blah. You know what? There's enough room for holidays for everyone. And there's enough ways to make things inclusive. So while I I think the idea of a war on Christmas is quite funny, and I say it throughout the year, I do so sarcastically. Christmas is just fine. 
Thank you very much. In fact, in fact, the war is on Thanksgiving. And the people that would have you believe there's a war on Christmas are the very people waging it. Now, there's others, too. There's others, too. You know, they say the toughest thing about when there's like, you know, civil war in a country. And I don't mean our American civil war. Okay. I mean the the non-capitalized version. Lowercase c, lowercase w. The toughest thing when there's a civil war in a country. And again, excluding the American civil war, because the toughest thing about that... Uh, was, you know, the states clinging to the right for slavery, among others. But the toughest thing about civil wars, lowercase c, lowercase w, they say, or one of the tough things, is brother against brother, family against family, neighbor against neighbor. Well, there's a war on Thanksgiving, and some of the people waging it are my very neighbors, my very family, my, my very. And, and when I say family, I mean friends that I consider family. People that I've, you know, spilled blood with. <laughs> we'll get to that. The war on Thanksgiving. Like I said, Halloween, post-Halloween, life after Halloween is a transition. We're in a time of transition. And so, of course, there's a war on Thanksgiving. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But like it or not, okay, like it or not, it also means something else is back. Back for another year. This new alarming trend. Casual Santas. Casual Santas are back. For whatever reason, in television advertising, the last, what, two years now, maybe more, it's all about the casual Santa. Regular Santa's out. Casual Santa's in. What did we find last year? I think we found like a Lexus ad, no, a Mercedes ad. We saw a Rakuten ad. I'm just, I'm literally racking my brain right now trying to think about it. Well, there's another one already out. There's another casual Santa ad already out, and we're going to talk about it today, humans. <sighs> to everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, turn, turn, turn. Of course, uh, opening song for the Wonder Years. No, not the Joe Cocker version of, you know, Get by with a little help from my friends or whatever it's called. I mean, the the when the when the when the show begins, when Daniel Stern starts his narration, that's the bed playing beneath him. So humans, we've got those two topics, but we we've got something else to talk about. And I'm not making light of this, but I think it deserves to be talked about in a responsible adult way. We lost one of the friends. I touched on this very briefly in the Halloween costume contest, but we lost one of the friends. And I'd like to discuss that. Ed Humans, the World Series. 
<laughs> you know me. You know me. The very first base- baseball game I watched this season, humans, was the last game of the ALCS. Or was it NLCS? It doesn't really matter, does it? But you know what? You know, well, of course, again, I'm like a stranger. I'm like Charlton Heston, you know, waking up and being like still just like, like, you know, you got to figure after Charlton Heston in Planet of the Apes sees the Statue of Liberty and realizes he's been on Earth the whole time, he probably had to go through the stages of grief. Like, he, you know, he probably was in denial for, like, the next day because, like, he spends the whole time thinking he's on another planet and needs to get back to Earth. So then when you suddenly realize you're on Earth, like, you don't just turn off that mindset. There was probably a little bit of denial, at least for a day or two. And that's how I felt when I tuned in, when I saw baseball highlights once this season, humans, and then watched several full games of baseball this season, humans. Of course, the last game of the NLCS. I do believe that's what it was. It was the the Phillies. And, um, you know, I'm watching this and there's the pitch clock and the catcher has like an earpiece or something. And then... There's the there's the the advertising on the sleeve, and I'm just like, what world am I in? Like, what happened to this? What happened to this game that I used to watch? I mean, this is not this is not the game that Ken Burns made uh, a documentary out of. Don't kid yourselves. But anyway, I was like, well, you know, I'm an American. I do like sports. Let me watch some World Series. So I watched several games. And of course, we know the Texas Rangers won in five games against the Arizona Diamondbacks. So four games to one in that series. And here's my take. Not that you were waiting for it. Not that you tuned in here for my World Series take, humans. But here's my take. The Texas Rangers did us a big, fat favor. And it's a shame they couldn't win it in four games. And why is that? Because it's a crying shame that both teams in the World Series, baseball teams, mind you, not football teams, that, of course, sit in the World Series, but I'm talking about the sport. The sport of baseball, both teams in the World Series, both play on synthetic carpets. They play on rugs, on artificial turf, on synthetic turf fields. It's like, dude, it's shimmering. It looks like shit on television. Like, people need to wake up. The product is mostly for the people at home. Only so many people fit in the stadium. The product's for the people at home. And when the light is, like, shining shimmering in like a gross way where it makes the field look plastic to the home viewer. It's not a good product. Now I'm biased. You know, I'm biased. You know, I prefer a grass field for, for many, many reasons. And this will age poorly as a take, I guess when we run out of water one day, but whatever. Okay. I'm human. I'm capable of being illogical. Oh, my 
God, it's so gross. I mean, baseball, how much do you tear up the grass part of the field in baseball? All the parts that would tear up the field in baseball take place on the dirt, on the diamond. How hard is it to take care of grass? And again, leave the water element out of it. It's not like anyone cares about the earth that much. So I don't believe anyone, I don't believe any sports team is doing synthetic turf, is what they're trying to call it now, by the way. Let's just call it what it is, artificial turf. Is doing artificial turf for the environment. They may be doing it for the money and saying it's for the environment, but they're not doing it for the environment. Anyway, it was a crying shame to watch this. A crying shame. I mean, what's that like to pay money to go somewhere to watch people play on not even grass? You're essentially a bunch of people play on an airport carpet. Sure, it looks green, but that's the color they dyed it, you know? (laughs) And to me, there's a difference. When something's naturally green, it's growing out of the green in a certain color. It's different to me than something that's been dyed to look a certain way. Now, I live in New York City. If I'm ever so fortunate to have a balcony, and I've lived in some places that did, but if I'm ever so fortunate to have a balcony, I'll put some artificial turf out there because it does feel good to look at. It does create that feeling in your mind, but don't get it twisted. All those thousands of people showed up to watch people play a sport on a carpet, on an airport carpet, on a big old carpet. The Texas Rangers, by winning as quickly as they did, put us out of our misery from having to watch the rug show. (laughs) And it's a shame they couldn't do it in four. (laughs) So stupid. So stupid. And believe me, shame on the New York Giants, shame on the New York Jets for playing on artificial turf as well. Let's do it like this. Let's do Matthew Perry... And it's untimely passing. Let's do the war on Thanksgiving. Let's do <clears throat> casual Santas. So, Matthew Perry, may he rest in peace. One of the six friends. An icon. An iconic show. And I mentioned this again in the last episode in the Halloween cost- costume contest. But I used to work at a hotel that host had many, many A-list celebrities stay there. And as a bellman at that hotel, uh, I was in many, many paparazzi shots with these celebrities. Just just holding the door for them, helping them out, getting their car door, grabbing their bags, grabbing their things, but mostly opening the front door of the hotel for these people. And then a, a lot of them would stay there pretty frequently. And of course... You're not getting to know them the way a friend would, but you get to know someone in a certain kind of a way, a familiar way. The same way I say hi to a neighbor outside. Like, you know, there's a, for instance, these days, I buy my coffee in the morning. I kind of get up, shower, you know, get up, shower, get dressed just back into play, play clothes for a little bit, grab a coffee, then prep the room for the day. Prep my bag for the day. Then get a little exercise before I hit the, hit the job. So on my coffee run, sometimes I see this person who I think lives across the street from me. This lady, she walks her dog and I'm like, morning, morning. She has a Brooklyn accent. Morning. 
And that's that. So I've got, you know, I knew some of these celebrities, at least on that basis, some of them that stayed there pretty, pretty, pretty frequently and for long periods of time. And, uh, you know, at least on a, on a how you doing basis. Hello, how you doing? Uh, but he was one of them. Matthew Perry was one of them. Stayed there quite a few times for long periods of time. And had a conversation or two with him, but had a memorable one once. And not memorable like we were solving the world's problems, but just memorable. And I can remember like the little anecdote that we both shared and the little half laugh we both gave. And, um, you know, it just makes me, you know, sad when anyone passes away, but it kind of makes me sad, you know, just because I, you know, I talked to the guy a time or two. I'll leave it at that. Um, but humans, beyond that, beyond that, I want to introduce a topic here that I've brought up a couple times this week in my own personal life, you know, to my, I guess you'd say my friends, right? Or other people I interact with on a regular basis. And I brought up this topic. I, I brought up, I said, and I I thought about it before I said it. So this is a thought out thought. I said, do you think that by losing the first friend, of course, of the cast friends, do you think by losing the first friend, this is like our generation. Of course, I'm the last Gen X or the first Gen Y, depending on how you want to measure it. Born in 81. Do you think our generation losing a friend as the same as when John Lennon died in 1980? Is this the same to our generation as, you know, the two generations before us, I guess, or however you want to measure it? Or maybe just let's not do it by the corporate generation, shall we? Let's just say, you know, a certain amount of time has passed, what, 43 years-ish? Is this, this time around, again, I'll say it, our generation? Is it there? Is it our John Lennon? Is it our first Beatle dying? Well, Sid, come on. The Beatles are the Beatles, dude. That's, I'm laughing hearing this. I'm laughing hearing this. You know, sometimes I'm laughing with you, man, but I'm laughing at you right now. Oh, really? Think about it. <clears throat> Beatles, insanely, insanely popular. You know, millions and millions of fans. Oh, millions of millions of fans, eh? Sound familiar? Did a TV show called Friends have millions and millions of fans? Household name. Household name. Check. You know? Well, Sid, the world stopped turning when John Lennon died. Well, we live in a different media landscape. Okay. 
I'll concede this. John Lennon was murdered. Murder creates a little bit more intrigue. Because then it's just this whole other... I'll say that. The way John Lennon died, being murdered, I think, is different than dying of other causes. But is the impact of losing the person? Is it the same? You know, oh, we're never going to see all four Beatles in the same room again. Oh, we're never going to see all six friends in the same room again. Well, Sid, that's so stupid because music is music. Music lives on forever. You know, television shows, people age, and reboots really don't work. And to that I say, well, I mean, you know, what's the newest Bruce Springsteen you've really listened to? What's the newest Paul McCartney you've really listened to? Now, I'm all for it, you know? Yeah, of course keep recording. But if I'm also going to be honest, like, I'm, I'm... I'm listening to the hits, and then when I get off the hits, I listen to the old stuff. Now, maybe I'm working my way through the catalog. Maybe I will get to Bruce's newer stuff. Maybe I will get to Paul McCartney's newer stuff. But things have their time. Things have their time. And, (laughs) you know, there's also the mystique. There's also the mystique that the Beatles don't play today. You know, you're not left with that ticket stub to a certain concert <laughs> like in Newark or Madison Square Garden where you're like, oh, well, now I know that person can't hit the high notes because they really turn up their back background singers on certain songs. <laughs> you're not left with that. The same way, of course, that James Dean stayed young forever. Or stays young forever, let's say. But so I'll say these two things. One, Friends has had a huge, huge impact on the world. It's a different medium. It's a visual medium. Okay, Music is an audio medium. If we're talking millions of people in like a group of people, an ensemble, an ensemble, and again, we just don't you don't you think like, wow, I'm never going to see all six in the same room again? Now, I'm not pray. I wasn't praying for a reboot, but let's face it, reboots have come a little ways. I'm not a Sex in the City guy, and I don't. <laughs> but I. I <laughs> The few episodes I've seen of the new one, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I guess it makes sense. It seems to add up to me, but they also made movies. You know, who wouldn't have turned out to see the Friends movie? Maybe you don't start with a new series. Who wouldn't have turned out to see the Friends movie? Anyway. Anyway, I'm just saying you can't anymore. You can't anymore. Not with the full cast. And here's another factor. Humans. I have a friend 
I have a friend. And her husband learned English watching Friends. Watching Friends. Learned English watching Friends. Oh, you know, you just, you need to like have something. And then that also, I was learning this from, from my friend and telling me stories about her husband. This is an old, old coworker of mine. But I was like, oh yeah, well, you know, it really helps to watch like a television show because then you see like the emotion and you see the situation where all these phrases get used and it really helps you learn it in a certain way. So he just watched a lot of friends, a ton of friends. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Power through some friends. And I'm sure he's not the only one. When's the last time you heard someone learn English from Steinfeld? When's the last time you heard someone learn English from Saturday Night Lame? But friends. But friends. And humans, they don't really cover. I mean, we live in a much different media landscape. A much different media landscape than we did when John Lennon met his untimely passing. It was announced on Monday Night Football, as we learned, as we learned from Conway. Is it Conway in Sacramento? I mean, I know who it is. <laughs> I can never remember the exact Los, uh, excuse me, Los Angeles, Californian city. I believe it's Conway in Sacramento, of course, from the show. He's been on the show. He was born the actual day John Lennon died. His dad you know, after visiting him at the hospital or, or whatever it is that one does, was at the Knights of Columbus watching the Monday Night Football game where, like, Howard Cosell, or whoever it was, broke the news to America, or at least the American television audience for Monday Night Football. The landscape's different now. We all have a television in the palm of our hand. And we all, these televisions are way more addictive than the old televisions were. We're, we're, Our attention spans are tiny. The news cycle is is short. That's got to be a factor. If you're naysaying me right now, if you're with me, you're like, yeah, sit, preach, preach, preach. The cultural impact of friends, does it rival the Beatles? I'd say yes. And I like the Beatles. <sighs> now, you could argue, you could argue that with his battles with drug addiction, that maybe there's this idea, oh, well, we started losing him a little while ago. I mean, you could say that, but we we hadn't yet. We hadn't yet. People recover. And people are still people until they're no longer alive. I don't know, humans, think about it. Is this our generation's first beetle dying? In terms, well, you get it. I think I've laid it out. I've laid it out. What do you think? 
Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. I think we can be respectful enough to handle this topic. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Record into the voice memo recorder on your smartphone. Email it to that address or send it a good old-fashioned typed email. Listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. All right, humans, the war on Thanksgiving. So I drop off my laundry this morning, humans. <laughs> you know, I'm one of those guys. I'm one of those guys. You know me. I live a very Spartan existence in certain ways, and I take advantage of a few luxuries in others. And one of those luxuries is dropping off my laundry. So this morning when I went for my coffee walk, I, I kind of alternate between two coffee shops on the weekdays, humans. One on the weekends. That's just, hey, that's me. I have a weekend spot and then two weekday spots that I kind of alternate between. But when I headed out on my coffee walk this morning, I was like, oh, I need to drop off my laundry. I drop off my laundry. That's my that's my luxury, you know? Drop it off. You get it back. All washed, dried, and folded. Yeah. One of the little perks of New York City. There's so many downsides, but one of the perks that's a um affordable option. It's a luxury, but it's an affordable luxury. Nevertheless, humans, dropping off my laundry this morning. <laughs> I hear the sound of Christmas bells. I hear the sound of Christmas bells on November 2nd. And there's like a Hallmark or Hallmark-esque Christmas movie playing in the laundromat that I watched a minute of while I was waiting to drop off my laundry and have it weighed and get my ticket. The war on Thanksgiving has begun. I mean, what else should we call it, humans? You know? You go into the department store. I mean, my my local drugstore, my local Dwayne Reed turned Walgreens has been smelling like cinnamon since like two weeks ago. They've already got the like holiday air freshener going in there. The war on Thanksgiving. I mean, that's, you guys get it. You guys know. And I'm accepting, you know, just like we're not one of these places that's like, is it too early? We're not having that conversation, but we can at least say it's a war on Thanksgiving. We're accepting that these things are up so early and we're not shocked. This isn't another, this isn't the Today Show for like the 70th year in a row being like, oh man, can you believe the Christmas decorations are already up? No, we can believe it. We expect it. We're human in that way too. We're human where we're actually intelligent. We can believe it. We know it's coming. We're choosing to label it the war on Thanksgiving. I'll tell you, do kids even get to trace their hand on construction paper and make a turkey anymore? And I'm asking for real. I'm asking for real. Does that even happen anymore? Or... Has the school system gone the way of the corporation? It's only a matter of time. You know? We know who's wagging who around here. 
It's only a matter of time. You know? What are you, like, what did you, like, you traced your hand, made a little turkey, and then made, like, a calendar out of it? And then, so what? Like, I think in elementary school when I was a child in the 1980s, we were make, making calendars all the time. <laughs> oh, let's make a Halloween calendar. Okay, well, it probably had a jack-o'-lantern on it. Okay, well, the turkey one probably had some hand turkey on it. And we all know Christmas one was like, had cotton balls for Santa's beard or something like that. So you just drew the hat. You drew the hat on the top and you put the cotton balls on for the beard. But I bet you nowadays, in 2023, you don't do the hand in the turkey. You just do two months of Christmas. Maybe you do a Mrs. Claus. <laughs> Hair calendar. You know, Mr. Claus, Santa, Santa Claus. You do the cotton balls for the beard. Maybe you do some version of Mrs. Claus's hair in November. Right? Why not? Why not just start teaching that to our kids? Why not? Why even have the kids do Thanksgiving arts and crafts anymore? Let's just do two months of Christmas. That's what so many people seem to want. Even my friends, Americans and countrymen, close personal friends of mine. <laughs> the world on Thanksgiving. Hmm. Let me know what you think, humans. Listen to the line at sydneyhollowshow.com. So humans, casual Santas, speaking of the war on Thanksgiving, this is just a, again, this is what we're talking about. We're just accepting it. I'm not saying, oh my God, is it, can you believe they're already showing casual Santas? No, no, no. I'm saying Halloween, living post Halloween, this is just what we're expecting. This is a time of transition. And part of that transition, uh, apparently, you know, we're in another year of the casual Santa. <laughs> you can mark time by the trends. Well, mark this trend. We're in another year of the casual Santa. But I saw a new ad the other day and I was like, <sighs> now we all know the commercials work by repetition. You know, when you're buying an ad, you think, oh, my God, someone's going to like this is going to be an instant hit. How can people not not like want to buy something from my company immediately? But when you learn about advertising, it's about like there needs to be lots of impressions. And, you know, me humans, I like I eat commercials up because I hate them so much. They affect me. They make me react physically and emotionally. But even I. The first time or two I saw this commercial, it was just like, here's another casual Santa. Wow. Right on cue. And this was like last weekend. So it wasn't even Halloween yet. Of course, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I shouldn't be surprised we accept the reality around here. But like... <laughs> uh. 
Humans, we're just no better than the Today Show, are we? Because I'm, I'm flabbergasted that this ad was on before Halloween, but I should know better. <clears throat> like I said, I was watching this ad, and I was like, oh, another casual Santa. Well, look at this take on the casual Santa. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Capital One. And uh, it took me, like, the entire ad, if not the second time I saw the ad, to realize this casual Santa is John Travolta. What? That's right, humans. It's John Travolta. What happened to three? Doing the Saturday Night Fever intro. Walking with the paint can on a set that's supposed to look like Brooklyn. North Pole. I didn't even realize the first time I saw it. Let's go ball for the sleigh. Nice. It's hey there. John Travolta doing the opening to Saturday Night Fever as a casual Santa. Wearing like a disco casual Santa outfit. How's the hair? Frosty as ever. Now here he is on the on the famous lit up Saturday Night Fever dance floor. What's in your wallet? Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize it was him. <sighs> I mean... Uh, where do we begin? Where do we begin? I mean... You know I hate celebrities doing credit card commercials because it just encourages the everyday American to go into debt. I hate the casual Santa. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe I don't hate it, but it's just such a trend. Oh, last year, Wendy's was another one. But it turns out John Travolta was like played a Santa character already. I just think I didn't realize it. Like he was in a commercial with like Samuel Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson, excuse me, with Samuel L. Jackson, like a couple years back. I just didn't realize that was Travolta. I guess they just, where he plays a good casual Santa. He plays casual Santa better than Paul Giamatti plays Scrooge. When Paul Giamatti plays Scrooge, I still know it's Paul Giamatti. When when John Travolta plays a casual Santa, I barely did, first of all, don't know. And it takes me several impressions to realize. It's Danny Zuko. Well, of course, that wasn't his character name from Saturday Night Fever, but you get it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm offended. You know, Saturday Night Fever, I have to admit, I've never seen it all the way through. That's a, that's a, that's a sin. I should, I should take care of that this weekend. In fact, you know. For those of us that involve our meals around the television, and I'm embarrassed to say that, but it's true. I'm not embarrassed in today's age, but if in the 80s, if I was an adult in the 80s, it would be criminal 
to be the TV dinner guy. But, you know, you have your food, and you're like, oh, man, my food's getting cold, and I can't decide what to watch. My food's getting cold, I can't decide what to watch. Well, I don't want to eat it before I decide what I want to watch. Then I won't even enjoy my meal. Well, this weekend, I have a solution to that. Saturday Night Fever. But, I mean, who doesn't know that intro? Travolta, walking down the street in Brooklyn. You may or may not remember the paint can. But he's carrying a paint can. He's dancing, of course, to stay in the line. Not dancing, but he's walking down the street. At a rhythm, at a beat. And then he stops and grabs two slices. Now, interesting. Sad, but interesting. The pizza place in Saturday Night Fever closed really, really recently. It was it was in the news a couple weeks ago. So that's sad. It finally closed after all these years. But, you know, Travolta stacks his slices. And I've done that. Not to look, I wouldn't say look cool, but not to look funny or a certain way. It's like I'm just in a hurry and I have to wolf this down. And I feel like I can eat it more quickly, like stacked on top of each other, slice on slice. Now, some physics person might say, well, you know, you're uh, actually... You're consuming the same. You're consuming the same volume of pizza. Blah 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 blah. You still have to chew this much or this much or this much. I don't know. It seems quicker to me the times that I've stacked it to eat it. And when I do that, I'm eating pizza or food merely as fuel. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes that's my relationship to food. Like I'm just like, I don't even care about this meal. I don't even care about this meal. I don't care what it is I eat. I'm not even hungry anyway, but I know if I don't eat right now, I'm going to feel a little crazed later because I'm already feeling a little crazed now, you know? And it's like, I got to eat something or I didn't leave enough time. And I'm like, I don't care what it tastes like. I don't, I don't care about any of it. I just need to put more fuel in because like I'm, I'm starting to hit empty. Or I'm going to hit empty soon, and this is a chance to eat. Like, again, New York City. Like, I dropped off my laundry today. We travel a lot by train. It's like, shit. I got up, I had coffee, I left the house, but now I'm taking the train a couple hours away. And if I don't slam two slices in this train station right now, then I'm going to be stuck on this train for three hours with no food. I guess similar to an airport. And then I don't care what it is. It's only fuel. It's potential energy that's going to become kinetic energy. So when I've eaten pizza, a la John Travolta, a la the scene that this movie is lampooning, excuse me, this Capital One commercial is lampooning, I've stacked it. Just get it in there quick. Let's go. I'd like to say I'm offended by this commercial, but I don't... I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't. Maybe it's because I've never seen it all the way through, and I don't have that deeper relationship with Saturday Night Fever. Perhaps that's it. I don't know. You know what I just want to say. You know what I want to say. Art for sale. Art for sale. I mean, I did rewatch that scene of Saturday Night Fever. I have seen that scene before, humans. I did rewatch it right before I started recording. And it's an amazing opening to a movie. And now it's a credit card commercial. With my least favorite version of Santa Claus. 
Santa Claus. The casual Santa. Hmm. Well, humans, again, if you'd like to weigh in, listen to your line at sydneyhollishow.com. So, humans, what are you up to this weekend? What are you up to in the first weekend of... I almost said December. It's working. The war on Thanksgiving is really working. We have the New York City Marathon this Sunday here in New York City, humans. And, of course, you know I love it. I, I live it. Well, when I say I live it, I go watch it. I do not train. You know, these people... Train is now a verb, you know? It used to be a noun. It used to be a thing that, like, kids, like, get hats for. Like, oh, I have a conductor's hat. I love trains. Now it's what people say in lieu of saying working out. Oh, I got to go train. Oh, really? For what? (laughs) What are you training for? (laughs) No one says jog anymore. They say run, or they say train. (laughs) I'm going to the gym. No, 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 I got to go train. Humans, I don't train for, and I don't run the New York City Marathon, but I do really love watching it and cheering on the runners. And I've mentioned before, I've got a really fun spot where I watch over here in my neck of the woods, where they have like, it's, there's like a live band every year. And it's a really Fun spot, and because of the way the sun is in the fall, it's it's a little uh, morning and afternoon sun to kind of keep you warm on what could be a chilly day, but who really knows anymore? Humans NCIS Sydney is now a television show on CBS. Do not think it hasn't caught in my eye. I'm a person that owns... Many pieces of gear from the Sydney 2000 Olympics, not because I went, but because Sydney was an especially unique name at the time, especially the way I spell it, just like the city in Australia. And my parents, somehow in the age before the internet, before you could just buy anything you want at the, at the drop of a hat, got me a bunch of Sydney 2000 gear. And a lot of it in 1997, oddly enough. And I still have one of the t-shirts I wore it the other night. Uh, now that's vintage piece. Nowadays. But humans don't think it's lost on me that there's a now an NCIS Sydney. And don't think I don't want a t-shirt. I, I feel obligated to get an NCIS Sydney t-shirt, if not more. NCIS, <laughs> NCIS Sydney on CBS. All right, humans. Peace and love. Peace and love. Have a great weekend. Let me know what's up. And hopefully we hear from Caitlin in Jersey City and Michael in Savannah about these, about the the Rob Lowening. The Rob Lowening. Peace and love, humans. Peace and love. <laughs>